Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy. And once again, we want to welcome you to our now 13 consecutive podcast that began 13 days ago. Um, and we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us today as you have been over the last few days. We are literally about seven days away from uh, Jewish Passover and um, all these things are happening around the world as we have been saying as a sign as a sign that God is speaking to his people and uh, we pray that you have been blessed and we pray that uh, that you would once again uh, the Lord will speak to all of us that are here today and uh, this is now our 13th podcast on our series coronavirus Passover 2020 and uh, we're going to continue with our story that we began about five days ago on Lazarus. We, we called it the Lazarus effect. And uh, we are going into some very uh, deep study of the Word of God. And, and I'm excited about today. And I'm very glad to be joined today with uh, Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremiah, and Brother Marty as we open up the Word of God and discuss it. And right before I turn it into Brother Marty, just want to invite you, uh, if you have friends, if you want to share this with others, you may. You may. This is the word of the Lord. And also, as you join us, we pray that you have your Bible with us so that you can see with us what God is showing all of us here today. Without further ado, uh, uh, Brother Marty, take it from here. It's always good to be with each and every one of you. Amen. Uh, Amen. It's, a, it's, a, it's it's a great day to to continue. This is our we're working on our thirteenth hour, which is quite amazing, and uh, right. and yet and yet I feel like we we're just beginning. Uh, there's a lot of things going on out there, and and so as we get into the word today, um, you know, whenever you guys feel uh, led to to jump in and and comment, please do. Uh, we're going to be talking to you today out of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. So when you have uh, time, uh, go ahead and, and, and uh, grab your Bible, pause this, and then come back, because you're going to need your word today to, to really look at some things that the Lord, we prayerfully submit to you, is speaking. Now we have, as Brother Jeremy has been talking to us, uh, been discussing the 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 prophetic parallels and metaphors, if you will, that we are witnessing in John chapter 11, the account of a sickness that came just before Passover in the first time that Jesus came upon the face of the earth. So just before the Passover where the Lord would die on Calvary and raise from the dead three days later, there was probably about a month or two leading up to that that these events took place, the Lazarus event. And out of it, we began to point out many, many things. So I encourage you to go and, and look at podcast nine through now, I think it is, or eight or nine, somewhere in there we began to talk about this. It might have been nine. But to get some background and and, uh, and and you'll fully more understand what it is that we're trying to talk about. As we came through the Lazarus story and we've come to this point now, we concluded yesterday's podcast by beginning to discuss how that what happened uh, when when Caiaphas was notified that Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, that he rose up and it was his decree that 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 an attack now should come against Christ 
and that they should kill the Lord. And we pointed out there that that it is the first time when you look in John chapter 11 that the Holy Spirit has John reveal the word the Romans. And as we began to talk right. about these things, right, we began to talk about the question that is on many, many people's minds is, okay, we're, in the, we're, we're beginning to go through this global pandemic. It's, in America, it's just begun. It's been, it's been going on now for about three months. But in America, it's just begun. And already we, we, we're beginning to see many of the things that the Lord has been revealing would, would begin to happen. And much of that, uh, what we're dealing with, has to do with how is the church reacting. The world is the world. So we're not laying a guilt trip on the world by any means. Because it is our contention that what has come upon the the United States of America is a direct judgment of God upon the hyper-charismatic Pentecostal and establishment churches across this country, who for too long now, have controlled the narrative, molded and shaped the message into the image of their own compromised ways. And as a result of this, you have a collective gathering of people in many churches across the land, including the mega churches, and that which is paraded in front of the people throughout the many platforms of Christian media that is representing a gospel that is no gospel. And so you have an entire generation over the last 10, 20, 30 years that has been raised on the pablum, if you will, of a false gospel, one that has directed the people towards uh, you know, a, a self-indulgent lifestyle and one that purports to claim that what Christ did on Calvary was so that you could have a five-star resort vacation and live in a big mansion, have a trophy wife and and three nice kids that all get straight A. In other words, everything was about you and for your temporary natural comfort. This is a uniquely American gospel, and the spirit of it is the harlot of Babylon. And we have seen this transpire over many, many decades now. And so here we find ourselves at this time, And what most don't want to get their head around, especially at the elite religious ruling class level, is that this has precisely come as an indictment for the false prophets and the false gospel, which they proclaim, which has gone unchecked for many, many decades. Go ahead. No, no, keep going. Okay. And so what we see is that the hammer has come down. And the churches are shut across the country. We are not being allowed to gather in our churches. And and we began to put forth just a few podcasts ago that this is the hand of God. And that the church or the false church or the establishment hierarchy of that church would seek to rebel against it. Because they have been trying since the onset of this virus to claim that they have the authority, the power the, the, the dominion to cast this virus out, so forth and so on. And they can pray till they're blue in the face and pass out, but none of it, kind of <laughs> like the false prophets of Baal, have brought any fire down on the sacrifice, so to speak. And so we yeah. believe, right. right? So we believe, even we saw that yesterday as we recorded yeah. this yesterday. What is it, March 30th today? Yeah. Yeah. Is it 
Today the 30th or the 31st? 31st. So today's the 31st. So yesterday, March the 30th, a pastor in Florida was arrested because he he called his mega church together of some 4,000 people on Sunday. Now, check out the insanity of this. He claimed that he had bought machines, right, these special machines that if anybody sneezed or coughed in the congregation, I think he said sneezed, and, and and the germs go flying into the air, that the machines that he bought would instantly be activated and destroy the virus in the air. Really, dude? And then he goes on to begin to upbraid everybody because he stands there pretending to be a martyr and a defender of the congregation, uh, uh, in, of the Constitution, saying that we have the right to freedom uh, of religion. In complete right. defiance, in complete defiance, of the declaration of a national emergency and in 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 total disregard of the evidence that is in front of all of us that it's not about you closing your church because you're being a martyr or persecuted it's a matter of life and death and rather than thinking himself to be a a a shepherd of God's people I'm telling you they're more concerned about the offerings which are starting to take a bite out of their budgets because people aren't gathering. And so they might couch it and close it in all kinds of other things. But the truth of the matter is, is that they really could care less about anything but the little kingdoms which they have built, which God is dealing with right now. Now, when the Lord raises Lazarus from the dead, Caiaphas emerges and he begins to tell them, we need to kill this Jesus. What we are saying is that what is quite possibly taking place, and I believe that it is, is that this global pandemic that we find ourselves in right now, just before the Passover season, is in fact a trigger that will accelerate prophetic events. And it's with that in mind that we now head to Matthew chapter 16 so that we can see something that happened. Jesus' ministry is coming to a close. He's only a few months away from Calvary. And as he comes to the close of his first advent or his first appearance, he gathers the disciples into a mountain. But we're going we're gonna to go really quick right now and take a look at this because what we're going to see is that hidden within Matthew 16 is a revelation to the end time church. And what's about to be asked and is indeed being asked to his people is what the Lord would say to his disciples, who do you say that I am? But before we get to that question, let's begin at verse 1. It says this, that the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting the Lord or testing the Lord, they desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Now check this out. The reason that the Lord draws our attention to this in the Gospel of Matthew is is to expose precisely what we see happening in our time. Jesus had come to them. The Lord had indeed appeared. He's not just some prophet or some holy man or some really blessed rabbi. He is the son of the living God. God came to his people, and what they come to him, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and say, show us a sign from heaven. 
And what they were literally saying by doing this is they come to confront his authority. Because what they were really yeah. worried about is that he would overtake their ministries and they would have to step aside and let Jesus be Jesus, right? And yeah. so we see the same attitude happening now. That the establishment does not want to let go of the reins of power. They are the Pharisees and the Sadducees of our time. And the Lord has come to them and to their ministries and has shut the doors. And 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 even then, they do not have any discernment. And what the Lord begins to deal with them about, because they're saying, show us something more. We need to see something more to understand this is the last time where God is dealing with us or that you are who, who everybody's saying you are. He, he immediately diverts their attention, and he goes into verse 2 and 3, and he begins to talk to them about the weather, <laughs> which is pretty cool. He says, right. he answers, and he, and he says, when it's evening, you guys say that it's going to be a good day tomorrow because the sky is red. And he says, but in the morning, it will be foul weather today because the sky is red and lowering. He says this, you're a bunch of hypocrites. How is it you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time? So his response to them was this. You are completely devoid of prophetic discernment. And that is what we're saying right now concerning the establishment in this country. And myriads of churches across the land uh, who have pastors over them that are created in the image of the religious establishment that controls the narrative. They have no prophetic discernment. It's why they have no answers for the people right now. They don't know the word. Oh, they're really good at hanging out in natural things. Because that's what the Lord kind of exposed in the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Is you're a bunch of people given to natural things, just like the leadership mm-hmm. is today, right? He says, but the truth of the matter is, you caretakers, you shepherds, you pastors out there, he says, you, you're really good about the natural. He goes, but the truth of the matter is, the sign that you're looking for, it's been there all along. You just can't see it because you have absolutely no prophetic discernment in the scriptures. And as a matter of fact, he says, It's a wicked and an adulterous generation that seeketh after a sign. In other words, he exposes uh, why they don't discern, right? He calls them on the carpet. He says, your inability to discern the prophetic events that are transpiring now, United States of America, religious establishment, because that's what I'm saying, is that the reason you can't prophetically discern it is because you're a wicked and adulterous generation. He exposed the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he, and he told them, this is why you can't discern it, and this is why you will not yield to my authority. Number one, you're wicked, and that word wicked literally means to cause harm. And, and so he's talking to them. He says, all you've been doing all these years is causing harm and destruction. You're wicked, and then adulterous literally means this. It, it, it doesn't just mean sleeping around with another man's wife. It literally means idolatrous. In other words, right. one, your doctrine has, has totally corrupted the system, has totally corrupted the people. And two, the heart of it and, and what you've produced in this generation is a generation completely and totally given to adultery, or that is idolatry in every sense of the word. The church is filled with people who live in a compromised way, 
And he says, this is the heart of the issue with you, and this is why you have no discernment. Oh, yeah, you can tell what the weather's like because you're good at walking around in natural things. But when it comes to the things of the spirit, you have no discernment because you're full of idolatry in the house of God. And so he says this to them in verse 4, right? He says, uh, there, there will no sign be given to you except for the sign of Jonah, the prophet Jonah. And then what? He leaves them and he departs. So in, in essence, what he's saying is, we could dig into Jonah, but we don't have all this time. But basically what he's saying to them is the prophet Jonah, as in another place of scripture, where he says, just as Jonah was in the heart of the earth three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. So he's basically saying, what I'm going to leave you with and, and, and the answers to your questions is found in the gospel. The gospel. Not in outward signs, even though many have been given. Not in all the things that, that you claim you need to see before you'll yield to this. But I'm going to leave you with the gospel. And I'm going to leave you with yourself. And whether you choose to pick it up and figure it out or not, that's all that's going to be given to you. Because the resurrection is the sign. And the resurrection set in motion all these pro prophetic events as it relates to our time. And so that's what he's saying to the preachers today. Enough with your, your binding and loosing and naming and claiming and all that stuff. None of it has any effect. If you cannot discern the signs of what's happening now, it is because you're evil and because you're full of idolatry and wickedness. And the only thing that's going to be left to you at this point is the gospel. Whether you choose to pick it up, the prophet Jonah is the type of this, whether you choose to pick it up and receive it, that's all that's going to be given to you. So the only sign which is given ultimately is what condemns them. It's the gospel, the very gospel they have rejected in our time. Now remember, they were asking him for signs, as if signs hadn't been being given, right? I mean, many right. signs have been given, but they refused to see it. Remember, let's, let's, just, let's just think about it for a second. The first sign that's given in Luke chapter 1 is the sign of Zacharias in the temple. Right? Think about mm -hmm. it. Because Zacharias was of the of the house of Levi. He was in, in the line of the high priestly class. Only that line was able to go in and offer incense in the holy place. You go over to Luke chapter 1 and you'll see. The first sign that was given was the appearance of the angel Gabriel after 400 years of silence standing on the right-hand side of the altar. And he begins to reveal to Zacharias that someone's about to be born, and he will be in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Now, what we're told there is when Zechariah left the holy place, he came out, and he came out into the midst of all his brethren, the priests, the chief priests, the high priest, all them people were around, and they had heard that something had happened. And, 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 and they were alerted at that time that Gabriel had appeared and that a sign had been given to Zechariah. But they refuse that sign. So when they come to Jesus 30 years later or 33 years later and say, what sign do you show us? The signs were given to them, but they refused to accept them. It didn't fit with their doctrine. What was another mm. sign? The star of Bethlehem, right? We know that they knew that something was going on because King Herod, like Brother Jeremy has been, has been uh, pointing out so beautifully, 
over 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 the last few podcasts as Herod relates to these types of things. King Herod had a whole group of Pharisees in his court. And when the Magi right. show up into Jerusalem, right, he says, he goes, where's the Lord supposed to be born? And they say, in Bethlehem, right? He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. So they knew. They knew, mm-hmm. and they had seen the, 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 the heavenly, even Josephus talks about it. They had seen this star. And the Magi come from some 800 miles away from up in Iraq somewhere, and they come down there into Jerusalem, and it says the whole city was shaken. So it's not like right. the whole city of Jerusalem, neither the ruling class or the religious establishment didn't know something was going on. What they chose to do with it is another story. Herod ends up going to kill all the children, right? That was right, a- right. Because the scribes right. and the Pharisees understood that what the prophet Jeremiah had said, uh, Rachel would be weeping for her children and she would not be comforted because they were no more. See, they have the scripture. And so when they come and ask him for a sign, it's just simply 33 years later that because they refused all along the way to understand that the signs were being given to that generation, that the coming of the Lord was at hand, it made them so hard that when God came right up in their face in the form of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, they would not acquiesce to his authority. They wanted to hold on to power. They became the children of the devil, a symbol of that false church, which we see now in our times. So then what else? Yeah, go ahead. You said something that that I think needs to be said again, and and I just felt the spirit of the Lord when you said it. The problem with the Pharisees that they had against Jesus is that what Jesus was declaring did not align with their doctrine. That's right. And so that is the very thing. The reason why uh, people, and in, in, in this is not being preached, because this, this does not align with most people's doctrine, ministry doctrines, as if God has called us to preach a doctrine. God has called us to preach the whole full gospel of Jesus Christ. That yeah. is, Jesus saves, Jesus sanctifies, Jesus heals, Jesus is coming back again. And, and and so that's that's the problem that we have today. That's the problem that, that the Pharisees had with Jesus is that their doctrine did not align with what Jesus was saying. And then what you said, it forced them. Jesus says, look at Jonah. Look at the sign of Jonah. In other, in other words, forcing these ministers and Pharisees to go and to dig into the word of God. Right. Right? Today we live in a, right. in a time where we have one of the most uh, watch websites on Saturdays. You know which one it is? It's sermons.com. <laughs> this is where preachers get their sermons for Sunday from sermons.com. Very top, topical, topical and so forth. Because they've, they've spent Monday through Saturday, uh, you know, all up in the natural signs, right? I mean, they've been hanging out, yes. fishing, they've been camping, they've been golfing, you know, they've been going to the gym, you know, whatever, mm. man. You know, and they have nothing. <laughs> it's been it's been a long time since if they ever did fall on their knees and cry out to God and say, God help me, I'm a sinner, I need your help, man. You know, help reveal your word to me. They they spend no time in prayer. They do not seek the Lord. They do not open the scriptures, and then they wonder why they have no discernment, and they end up fighting against the very Lord Himself. Absolutely right. So the other sign, what what other sign did they have? Because remember what they said, what sign do you give us from heaven? Well, there was a star 
for a year and a half in the sky. It wasn't enough. You know, I mean, uh, and then and then there's Simeon and Anna, right? Remember when Jesus came to the temple when he was eight days old, his mother and father brought him there? And, and, and Simeon comes into the temple, whose name, by the way, means one who hears. Just as God is speaking to many out there that have been listening to this podcast, that, that you are beginning to hear and to see by the word of God. And I hope you have your Bibles and you're following along. But listen, Simeon comes into the temple and he uh, picks up the baby Jesus and says, now I can depart for my eyes have seen the salvation of the, of the Lord, uh, the hope of Israel, the glory of Israel, right? And he says, and he's also going to be a light to the Gentiles. Right, so he's preaching the gospel when Jesus is eight days old, and then comes Anna, and 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 the same is revealed to her. And when she leaves, she goes out and begins to preach. The Messiah is here, she says, and and then the Bible says there in Luke, you can read it later yourself. It says that she went and preached to a specific group of people, people that were looking for the Messiah, and so all these signs were, and so many more were 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 flush in front of these guys. But they didn't want to receive it, and they hardened their heart. Jesus even came to the temple when he was twelve, right? And and not to mention yes. all the mirac- not to mention all the miracles he'd been doing for the last three and a half years. At this point, it was never right. enough because the even, issue and, here. Go ahead. Even to me, a great sign too, when Jesus was started his ministry and he went to go be baptized by John, everybody was there. Pharisees including, and the, and the heavens opened up, and a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, yeah. in whom I am well pleased. I mean, what other sign do you need? A voice from heaven came declaring, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. And and, and, and so what we're talking about is, is what the Lord is revealing here in Matthew 16 is the same. Remember, we've been teaching the, teaching the people this. We've been saying, listen, the Bible teaches us that the same thing that happened in the beginning is going to happen in the end. We've been talking about how on the other side of the miracle of Lazarus, just before the season of Passover, we see a resistance take place. We see a, an, a ruling elite establishment in the form of Caiaphas stand up and seek to destroy the Lord because he was unwilling, as were the chief priests and the Jews and the scribes and the Pharisees, to, to step aside and let the Lord take the rightful place uh, of his house. You know, the Lord of the house, they resist and fight against the Lord of the house. They are a type of that fallen church in the book of Revelation that will align itself with the political elite and the global established government headed by the Antichrist, but that's for the coming days. Now listen, so it's the same in our time, though. Many people, these, these undiscerning false prophets and others are saying, well, what signs have, have – how do we know that Jesus is coming? Well, he started well early in, in, uh, in the 20th century, right? In 1906, he pours out his Holy Spirit. The latter rain begins in, in, on Azusa Street in Los Angeles. In 1918 uh, – I mean, excuse me, 1919, they signed the Balfour Declaration. And for the first time in 2,000 years, the prophetic scriptures have, have become enacted in 1919 with the Balfour Declaration coming from Great Britain, allowing the return of the Jews to Palestine. So for the first time, the world power at the time was Great Britain, and they decreed that the Jewish people could return to their homeland. And, and so it, the, the time began. This is a fulfillment of scripture where God said, hey, uh, it will no longer be said in the last days, blessed is the Lord God who brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt. 
But it will be said, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, who brought up the children of Israel from the four corners of the world where he scattered them. It was meant to be a sign, right? So in 1919, the sign began with the outpouring of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, the two are connected, because once the Spirit was poured out, not only do we see the the beginning uh, of the fulfillment of the Word of God prophetically in the Balfour Declaration, but we also have the greatest explosion of technology ever in the history of the mm-hmm. planet. We went from uh, from from horse and buggy. Suddenly, there's these guys over. I think it's in North Carolina. Forgive me, it might be South Carolina. Uh, Orville and Wilbur Wright. They, they they designed this crazy contraption, and and they and man flew. For the first time, he flies, uh, and he goes 150 feet. Well, from 1906, flying a little aircraft 150 feet, in less than 65 years from that point that they flew, to uh, we landed a guy on the moon. I mean, so prophetic scriptures like Daniel was told, travel and education would be vastly increased in the last days, has all been transpiring right before our eyes. So... Our generation, just like when Zechariah had his first sign given to him in the temple, things began to happen early on in the 20th century that were meant to be prophetic events that were to signal. And there were faithful men and women of God back then, men of God back then, who began to recognize it. But check this out. So in 1919, that happens. What's the next big event? I mean, we have the Holocaust. We have World War II. We have the Jews being burned in the ovens, and then the fulfillment of Ezekiel's prophecy when God takes him by a lock of his hair when he's in captivity in, in Babylon and shows him this crazy thing. He shows him all these bones lying out in the desert, dead bones, and he says, son of man, can these bones live? And, and he says, uh, only you know, Lord, and he says, prophesy to these bones. And so Ezekiel prophesies in his vision to the bones, and suddenly he begins to describe how the bones begin to rattle and, like, they get start getting sinew on them, and, and, and they stand up and they begin to walk. Well, he was being shown Israel coming out of this horrific holocaust and that God would make them into a nation again. Well, that was fulfilled out of World War II, and in 1948 uh, and 49, Israel became a nation again, a huge sign. 1967. I mean, we could talk about that. The, Jerusalem was recaptured. Then let's just fast forward. 1996. Suddenly, a comet that had not appeared in the sky since the days of Noah. The rabbis tell us that this comet was in the sky. It appeared in 1996, and everybody in the United States saw it. The Hale-Bopp comet. And then, and then in 2001, as we cross into the uh, 21st century, what's the first thing we're greeted with? 2001 is 9/11. The rise of ISIS, which begins to persecute the church and Jews, cutting people's heads off, so forth and so on. Terrorism is around the world. The rise of technology and the implementation of a global surveillance state begins to take shape, right? And then let's just fast forward to 2008. We have an economic collapse in our country. It brings us to our knees. But at the same time, we begin to see the rise of cultural sins, and, you know, whether, whether, it's, whether it's same-sex marriage or or the drag queen story hour, or, or the, and the, the embracing of abortion even after a baby's born. All of this filth begins to flood our country, and the preachers are by and large silent. And even if they did speak up, they had no authority because they lived such compromised lives. We've seen the, the, the rise of, subsequently of anti-Semitism and, and, and yes. anti-Christianity, right? And, and at the same time, we've seen the falling away of the church on 
and on and on. And then we come up the to blood the, ones too. The, the blood and the blood moves 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 right. the, all those are warnings to the world uh, of, of God is, is showing wonders in the heavens. You know, they're uh, to the world, but they're warnings to the church. They're yes. warnings to the ministry. That's yes. what we're talking about here. Because Matthew 16 opens up with the Pharisees and Sadducees saying, "Who are you? Give us a sign." And and, mm. and they had been given been giving signs. It's like the preachers are today. We tell them Jesus is coming. Well, that doesn't just fit with my doctrine because all this other stuff that I say needs to take place has to take place. And I can't even see it. I can't discern it. When all along, since the beginning of the 20th century up till now, God has been speaking. They just can't discern it. But his people can. And then in 2018, what happened? Jerusalem was declared to be the eternal capital of Israel. Remember what Jesus said. This would be a signal. Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until what? Until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. It just so happened to be within the generation of 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 uh, of 70 year generation uh, since 1948 to 2018 70 years transpired and boom God alerts with one of the biggest most massive signs which is Jerusalem is declared by the most powerful uh, nation on the face of the earth to be the capital of the Jewish state of Israel and that is like a giant megaphone saying wake up church and then uh we come to 2020, which is where we are now, just before the Passover season. The entire world is under lockdown, almost like we were beginning our podcast 13 hours ago, 13 days ago, when we talked about a darkness that could be felt that forced all the people into their houses just before the Passover in the, in the, in the Exodus account of chapter 10, verse 21 through 23. And now we have, like we were talking about yesterday, it's almost you can't make this stuff up. Uh, NASA's right. telling us there, there's a comet coming, right? It's called C-19, which we thought was kind of humorous because that's what they call the virus, right, COVID-19. <laughs> this Comet-19 is coming, and it's going to be visible in the middle of April, in the middle of the Passover season and Easter season. And and add to that what NASA announced a few days ago, there's an asteroid that's going to fly by and be dangerously close to the earth, although they tell us it's not going to hit us, but it will be able to be seen with just some simple binoculars, uh, and it will it will appear in the sky on April the 29th. All these events are converging. All these things are happening. All these signs have been given to the church and to the church establishment, and still they do not repent, and they reject the Lord, and so he departs from them in verse 4. And says, the only thing I'm going to leave you with is the gospel. You choose to pick it up or not, that's up to you. But that's the only sign you're going to be given. The word, right? Jonah, the word. That's all that's going to be left to you. Because I've been giving you signs all along. Now let's fast forward here. So then it, the, our attention shifts because we're talking about prophetic events here. He leaves them and and he begins to tell the the, 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 the apostles, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. How this applies to us is what he began to basically say is, is take heed to the doctrine that's being preached, especially in these times. Beware of, of, of the leaven, because the, the word that they preach, he says, is, 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 is fermented, if you will, with sin. It's not a pure word. 
And he emphasizes both of them, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Don't lose what I'm telling you here. We're talking prophetically now because their word is corrupted. And after he leaves them, he immediately turns to his disciples and says, don't listen to their word, right? Because what the Pharisees and the Sadducees really want to do in our time is to take complete and utter control of the church. And, 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 and what, are the, what are some of the characteristics of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Well, the Pharisees, um, they have an outward show, an outward display. Remember what Jesus said about them? He said, you know, they make long their phylacteries, right? Uh, you know, and for pretense, they make long prayers. They love the uppermost seats in, in, in the festivals and the feasts in their camp meetings and prophecy conferences. Come on, somebody. So, so he, says, <laughs> he, says, he says, beware of the Pharisees because outwardly, what did he say about them? They're like, uh, uh, they're like whited sepulchers, he said. They're all clean and shiny on the outside. He says, but on the inside, they're full of dead men's bones and all mm-hmm. sorts of corruption, right? The second one, he says, is the leaven of the Sadducees. Uh, and, and what was the leaven of the Sadducees? One, they deny resurrection power. They're the ones, they're like the liberal elite theologians of our time, the denominational world, constantly altering the word, really positioning themselves. But they were also incredibly politically connected, just as the Pharisees were. They, were, they, were, they had attained their power through years of political manipulation and, 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 and creating a structure wherein they completely removed the inspiration of the Word of God, which was what the Sadducees did, right? And their main focus was wealth and power. Both of them actually became that way. And we see that in type when Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he has to cleanse the temple, right? Because they had created a system of commerce of selling and, and, and goods and exchanges just like we have today, right? They make their money by their book tape tables and their CDs and, and you know, you know, partner of the month, you know, for a hundred bucks, you know, I'll send you, you know, my anointing oil, their prayer clock. I mean, they've created a, a wealth and power system of commerce, and that is the leaven of the Pharisees. And he tells them, beware of that in these times, especially – when I withdraw my presence from the ruling class, when I take my presence away from the establishment or that which has become the system of Christianity, or in that case, in their time, Judaism, he says he immediately turns to his disciples and he says, quit listening to what they preach and teach. Now, let me tell you something. Coming out of this pandemic, that is the issue. And even now, that is the issue. Church, when are you going to wake up and when are you going to turn away from these two compromised types of doctrine? One is a health and a wealth and a politically connected one, and one is a fake Christianity that purports to be Christianity, but on the inside, it's full of adultery and wickedness. You must turn away from these. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish that thought, and I'll go right after. We must turn away from the temptation to acquiesce to their uh to their naturally gained authority, and we must yield to the authority of the Spirit and the Word of Almighty God as it relates to the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Yeah, I think uh, what we're telling the people is to examine what their favorite preacher is teaching, correct, to see if it aligns up with uh, the yeah. Word of God, because they could, it, 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 the false doctrine is so deceitful. False doctrine is so deceitful 
but what people fail to realize in it is is uh they're coming they're coming against Jesus Christ through their false doctrine. But one of the things I want to bring out that's very difficult for people to disassociate themselves from their favorite preachers, there's an emotional attachment connected to it, right? Uh, to yes. the preacher, uh, especially if the preacher started off right and you followed him through the years, but little by little, you know, the more power he got, the more uh, uh, money was coming in, the, the, the teaching began to change. And something happens to the person where, you know, they, they just fall in love with the person, the charisma, whatever it might be. And they, 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 they can never fathom that their favorite preacher is preaching false doctrine. You know, and 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 I and I and I speak from experience myself, right? It, it, you know, we grow up and we, we latch on to certain preachers, and 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 you learn from them, and you glean from how they see scripture and and their life. But eventually, you start to see some things. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute, you know, that's not yeah. right. And I think I think about Samuel when he was a little boy. He was weaned, and then when he was old enough, he he was given over to the prophet Eli and to the te- uh, service of the temple. Now, Eli instructed Samuel in the things of God. Think about yes. that. Okay? Eli instructed Samuel in the things of God. But eventually, and I imagine there was an emotional attachment. He probably saw him as a father figure. Absolutely. Right? But, event- but eventually, God came to Samuel <clears throat> and told him of the sin that Eli and his sons were committing. Yes. And That's initially, good. Samuel was very hesitant to tell Eli what the Lord was showing him. And, and and maybe the Lord has been showing some of the people that are listening what their favorite preacher is teaching, and, and, and they're so emotionally attached to them that they, they don't want to jump to any conclusions because they've been taught for so long, you know, don't touch God's anointed. And and the truth of the matter is it's not about the man or the person. It's really what does say it the Lord. Right, and eventually Eli tells Samuel, "You've got to tell me what God told you." Well, what He's yeah. showing me about you, Eli, Samuel says, is that God is going to judge your house because you have completely gone off the rails, completely, and the whole nation is messed up because of what you're allowing in the house of God. Yes, Amen. Amen. That's really That's good. To bring that forth. Yes, yes. And, and 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 then. And then that's exa- that flows right exactly in the pattern here in Matthew 16, because after they depart from those guys, uh, Jesus begins to, to warn them of what you were just saying of the leaven. See, what most people don't understand, and we're not trying to be critical or mean, we're trying to teach right. you what the Word of God says by the Spirit we pray, and, and, and that is what Jesus revealed. He said that the doctrine of the Pharisees, he seems to imply that it is solid. However, they've mixed in it eleven. You know what is eleven? Mm-hmm. Eleven is right. Eleven is what they put in in, in flour, right? So it'll rise or whatever, right? So it, it, it right. like fills it, and that's what gives it that that big shape, right? It's 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 in it. Otherwise, it's just like a tortilla, right? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a way, right? it's just like it's a flat thing, right? But he says that that their doctrine has in it leaven. And so it's the leaven. You can't just interject leaven into into flour without it literally corrupting the whole thing, if you will, or spreading throughout the whole thing. 
And so what he's warning us in this time and what we're trying to say is a little leaven leavens the whole lump, right? So if the word doesn't align with the word, the word that you're hearing preached or minister, which we've heard over the last 40 years, really, to where it is now, it's just such a full flaming kind of crazy thing going on out there in Christianity. It has corrupted the whole thing. And so, well, Let me say the, this, Brother Marty, too. Let me uh-huh. say this as well. If you pay close attention to the doctrine that these uh, preachers on TV are preaching, it stems from what's in their heart. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, if, if they love money, they're going to preach the prosperity message, right? Yes. And, and, and if you see, a lot of scandals have taken place in the church, right? Yes. Whether it's, it's infidelity, immorality, uh, um, you know, uh you know, using the money improperly, getting caught by, by the IRS or things of that nature, and then they'll, and and because they know they sin, all of a sudden now they'll they'll start to preach a hyper grace message. Yes. And they'll begin to preach that to the people, but it's really a message to absolve them of their sins. That's really true. Stop right there because you just made me think of. Jesus called him on the carpet for that very thing, right? He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He says, uh, your parents come to you having need, and you say it's Corbin. In other words, and he says, you make void the law of God by your tradition. In other words, he's saying, your parents come to you and they ask you, can you help us out? We're, we're short on some cash or whatever. And he says, oh, I can't. He said how they would respond is, I can't give that to you because it belongs to God, right? To the Lord, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, so so think about that. How far these preachers have gone? You know, they mm-hmm. changed their whole doctrine. Maybe it's guilt or or whatever, but it, it's 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 how they're trying to absolve uh, their sin or or justify the sins that they are committing that are filing out in the open, right? So yeah. and so the people begin to hear this and they hear this grace message and when their preacher gets caught again in scandal, what do they say? Oh, God's grace is sufficient and and, it, and is going to forgive and the Lord's going to forgive him. So so yeah. that gives way to this kind of worldly lifestyle that is now in the church and and, yeah. and the the way Christians are living in these mega churches is really a reflection of who the preachers are because they have completely twisted the word of God to to preach their doctrines that facilitates them and allows them to continue to sin. That's powerful. All all in the name of Jesus, right? At the end of the day, brother, false doctrine is resisting Jesus. Yes. Understand Uh, that. This, This is how crucial this is. They are resisting Jesus. That's what the Pharisees were doing. They were resisting Jesus to maintain in power. So they had to train a people to, to and, and this was years in the making, years yeah. in the making. Because they understood the prophecy. So they have so corrupted the teachings of the word of God. And Jesus comes, the very things they have been teaching, now the people see it. And when they see Jesus, it's, 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 they are resisting him because of what they have believed. And You're this, so right. this, this is this what the devil does so we see that the devil had been influencing the religious establishment of Israel, and therefore the people have become blinded to the coming of Jesus in his first advent. And that's true. The, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees said the same thing, right? I mean, 
what Jesus was implying by what you're t- talking about, uh, about their doctrine and their leaven, what did they do? Uh, both the Pharisees and the Sadducees refused to acknowledge that the Lord had come. The Lord of the house was mm-hmm. here, right? And it's the same thing happening right now. They're denying that the return of the Lord is at hand. I've heard preachers talk about they have 50-year plans, and I mean, you know, what? You know, I mean, you, you you're so you know confident about your ability to reproduce your madness for the next 50 years. I've heard preachers say that we've got this 50-year plan of how we're going to evangelize. The world. Incredible. Really? You can't see the signs of the time. So, just like they resisted the Lord, so the preachers are resisting that the return of the Lord is at hand, and that's what Brother Jeremy talked about earlier. It's because it doesn't fit their doctrine. They can't discern the time. It's not the way they drew it up. And so they're rejecting you know, all the signs. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, brother. Uh, the, the way the Lord is yeah. showing it to me is like this. It's as, it's, it's as if these Pharisees, the elite, the Sadducees, are coming to Jesus and said, you need to answer our questions. You're going to have to convince us. Because because we are the ones who are going to give testimony of you, and if you convince us, then you will be accepted, Jesus. And it's like Jesus, like he he tells him in John five, he says, number one, that he says, uh, I receive no testimony from man. He tells him, my Father Himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. Look what he tells him: Ye have neither heard His voice at any time nor seen his shape, one more verse, and ye have not his word abiding in you. For whom he sent. That's he exactly said, right. You search the, he said, you search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and you speak about prosperity and God's blessing and blah, 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 blah. But you fail to understand that the scriptures, they testify of me. And if you have really had a revelation of me, you would have known that the one that is standing in front of you is the son of the living God himself. Now think about that. Man. And that's think, why think we were pointing what, out in verse, in verse 4 where he, what is, when he leaves them, what does he leave them with? The sign of the prophet Jonah, right? Yes. Which is basically mm-hmm. the gospel, right? <laughs> I'm going to leave you with the word because I really can't even uh, have a point of, of relationship with you because, like you just read there, what he told them, right? You don't have the word in you. And number one, what? You're not spiritual. You've never heard his voice, right? And you don't have his word. And, and then he talks about, you know, which we'll, hopefully we'll get to in a second here, uh, which is what he ends up leaving them with. My words that I'm speaking to you, they are spirit and they are life. So his very word is spirit. And so you can't even understand the word unless you have the spirit and you don't have the spirit unless you have the word. Now, that's Martin, what he, that's what, go ahead. Yesterday, you know, we, we saw an example of a video of that so-called Apostle Maldonado in Florida where he is he, he says he's taken authority by the Spirit to cast this uh, coronavirus away and that it uh-huh. shall pass away. And here we are uh, 20 days or something, 20-something <laughs> days later, and it's gotten worse. Exactly, you know, and he needs to, and he needs to be called on the carpet for that, right? Because he's a false yes, prophet. Yes. I saw that video. Absolutely. I saw that video. Remember, he said, remember a few he years ago, he doesn't even talk about was. Jesus, right? He didn't no. even talk about Jesus. He said, he said, "I'm an apostle to the nation." That's what he said. Hmm. Yeah. He claims an apostleship, right? And his authority is over the whole planet. Are you serious, dude? 
go home and, and make yourself an empanada and think about it, right? I mean, come on, man. Well, he, he, he did the same thing, Brother Marty, with Hurricane Irma. Remember, remember Hurricane Irma that came a few years ago, and supposedly he stopped it from coming, but no, it hit right there in Florida, you know? So this is not the yeah, first time he does that. And again, they speak as if God has to acquiesce to them, and, 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 and if they are accepted by them, then then what Jesus is saying is true. No. He says, I don't bear, man does not bear witness of me. He says, my father does. You don't have the word inside of you. Right, what you're saying there, think about what you just, and then you mentioned another time, right, where he, where he, where he claims to be, you know, casting the Hurricane Irma off the coast, and it came and devastated everything. But you see, these false prophets have, uh, the people have become so accustomed to their hit and miss kind of thing, right, uh, and, and and mostly myth that when when such events like that don't turn around and the prophet so called says it would, they just simply accept it and all it's done is work to deaden the people and cause them to be just as spiritually undiscerning as the ones they follow, like Brother Jer- uh, Fernando was saying earlier. So that when when their prophecies don't come to pass, it has worked to hinder when true word of God comes forward. Because they, 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 they can no longer place any value on anything because the gospel has been so watered down that it's just another word to those who can't hear. Now, 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 you know, can, can, go ahead. Something interesting is that um, their false doctrine not only affects the people in the church, but it affects the whole world and the world that's outside of the church. Because if you look at the way they preach and what they do with their hit and miss prophecies and all these scandals coming in, you know, I go to college and I hear a lot of people talking about how they don't really like church because of these men that are false prophets, you know? Yeah. So their yeah. their gospel not only does harm to the church and believers, but it does harm to those that are really maybe are trying to seek God, but they see those things and it pulls them away even further from there. I just wanted to add that in there. And in and, and Deuteronomy 18.22, for those who are following us with scriptures, um, it's like if do they not read what Deuteronomy 18.22 says? If I just read it real quick, Brother Marty. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet, look at this, has spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not go. be afraid of him. Don't be afraid of him. <laughs> and presumptuous, right? I mean, because yeah. really, it's an imagine. Remember, in Jeremiah, they said, you know, they say, "Thus saith yeah. the Lord," and He says, "I haven't say," and He says, and, "And I haven't sent them." Right? They speak an imagination of their own mind. They're actually insane if you think about it. You know, because they're actually believing their their onda, as we say in our culture. Right? I mean, they believe their own. They believe their own press, man. You know, they're stupid, yes. they're false, they need to be exposed. And this pandemic is one of the main things God has done to, to say enough. He has shut their doors, he has closed yes. their ministries, he has emptied their churches. And like that knucklehead, God forgive me for saying that, but my God, he's a knucklehead. He calls 4,000 people in Florida in the midst of this pandemic breaking out so that he can take an offering and then couches it and closes it in some sort of fake pseudo-nobility and he, he, he needs to be in prison because that's where they just put him. 
He was arrested the next day and thrown in the county jail. Hopefully he'll think about what he did and the danger he unleashed upon his congregation, claiming to be a shepherd. He's a wolf, inwardly ravening and more concerned about the the offering. I heard just the other day, and I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, yesterday that, that, that two of the major networks, ministry networks in this country, have laid off every single one of their workers They've only reserved a skeleton crew so they can continue to uh, upload and beam their satellite images up there. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is they're being hit hard by the lack of donations coming in under this pandemic. What are you saying? God is shutting the whole thing down. And that's what he's removing himself from them. They have refused to look at the signs. They have refused to preach the right gospel. They have corrupted the people, and they have entrenched themselves in an establishment and in a in a hierarchical system that promotes each other, and they're living off the, the, the offerings of widows and orphans, and it's enough. God is bringing it down. Now listen, let's close with this, because we, we've gone pretty long today, but we'll pick it up again tomorrow. When Jesus departs from them in verse 4, he turns to his disciples, right? And, and and he says, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And, and, and what do they say in verse 7? He says, they reasoned among themselves, saying, is it because we haven't brought any bread? I mean, that's just, what a strange thing to say. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but look at how Jesus responds to them, because this is where we're going to pick it up tomorrow. Because after he departs from the ruling elite, he begins to deal with his, his disciples, and he begins to take them to Caesarea Philippi in verse 13. And we'll, we'll pick it up from there tomorrow, but let's just look and close with this so that we can set the scene for what we're going to talk about tomorrow prayerfully by the Holy Spirit. When he leaves the ruling elite, simply telling them, the only thing I'm going to leave you with is the gospel. You either dig in the word or you don't. That's the only sign you're going to get because you've been been given signs all along and you refuse to acknowledge my authority, and, and so I'm leaving you to yourself. And then he immediately turns to his disciples as they're journeying toward an encounter where he's going to ask them, who do you say that I am? But look at how he begins to process them. And this is what's happening to many of you. This is what's been happening to me. And, and I know my brethren over the last several months, and especially since this thing has begun, he begins to try and chip away at their, at their lack of spirituality. Because when he's talking to them spiritually about the leaven, he's talking to them at a very high spiritual note. But their response is one in the natural. They were completely undiscerning themselves. They couldn't enter into a spiritual understanding because they have not been trained in that way. But look what the Lord does. He begins to deal with that very problem. And that's what he's doing right now for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, is he's beginning to remove us from the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he's about to put us in the school of the true Holy Spirit which focuses on the true bread, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus Amen. perceives when Jesus perceives in verse eight, he tells them, Oh you of little faith, why is it that you're reasoning among yourselves because you have brought no bread? So he's saying, Why are you focused on natural things 
or even trying to apply uh, a natural uh, type of thinking to my communication with you. You will not be able to figure out what's happening right now if you don't figure it out by hearing the Spirit of God tell you uh, what is happening. They couldn't understand what he was saying because they were reasoning. That's what he said. They were reasoning among themselves about uh, uh, about the natural, right? And he says, what I'm about to tell you, you cannot understand that way. You have to understand it by the Spirit. Now, what I'm about to tell you now is a very, really cool thing that the Lord says. He draws their attention in 9 and 10 to two things. He says, don't you understand, and neither do you remember, the five loaves of the 5,000, how many baskets did you take up? Or, the, or neither the seven loaves of the 4,000, how many baskets did you take up? If you remember the miracle there that took place, the five loaves resulted in 12 baskets, right? Uh, something like that. And the seven loaves resulted yeah. in, I, I forget how many right now. But what he's drawing their attention to is the number five bread and the number seven bread. He doesn't refer them to the fish, right? Mm-hmm. But he draws their attention to the bread. And so he's speaking at such an intense level because, one, the number five represents the Torah, right, or it can represent Israel. And then the number seven is always the number uh, in the book of Revelation of the church, right? It represents right. the church, right. the seven golden candlesticks. And so what he's saying is that you need to spiritually understand that that, that it's not by natural means that I'm speaking to you of, but by the spiritual means that I'm going to reveal to you both the Jew, that is the Israel of your time and, and the, in the future, and the church in the future, is going to become one thing. And it's going to become that way by the true bread and by not uh, reasoning and observing things in the natural way of doing things, but solely by the Spirit. And he says in verse 11, how is it that you don't understand? I'm not speaking to you concerning natural bread, but that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And then it says in verse 12, they understood, suddenly they understood how that he is not talking them about the leaven of bread, but what? Of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so once he establishes a spiritual communication with them, he now begins to take them to Caesarea Philippi, where he's going to ask them, who do men say that I am, and who do you say that I am? And that is where we are right now. He's going to bring you in the school of the Spirit so that when he speaks to you, you're going to understand by the Spirit. We know this because they say in verse, in verse 12, right, then they understood what he was talking about. He's going to bring you into the realm of the Spirit because what we're about to unveil by the Spirit of God tomorrow is going to be uh, needing, needing to be heard with spiritual ears. And so we have come to this point. He, he, he rebukes the establishment. He leaves the establishment. He leaves the establishment with one thing. Go back and read the Bible, Jonah, the sign of Jonah and the prophet. He then turns his attention to his disciples and begins to elevate them. 
they have be, they're they're pretty much at a low level and function in the in, more in the natural than in the spirit. But he begins to develop them so that what's about to transpire is a completely spiritual revelation of who Christ really is. And as we go on in the rest of this chapter, what you're going to see, he then begins to unfold the pattern of what is just ahead of us in our time, the revelation of what is just ahead of us in our time. And if you can receive it from verse 13 on to the end of the chapter is a mini book of revelation revealed by the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're going to get into tomorrow. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Any closing comments? Yeah, I was uh, reminded of where we started, uh, Exodus 12, uh, where the Lord told uh, Moses to tell every man to take a lamb and inspect it. Um, And that lamb is a type of Jesus Christ. And it's really in connection with the question that he poses to his disciples in uh, Matthew uh, 16. He asked the question, who do men say that I am? And and who yeah. do you say that I am? And, yeah. and that's what they were doing. It, 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 that's what it comes down to. It's We have to inspect uh, the Jesus that we believe in. Is it another Christ? Or is yeah. it the true Jesus Christ? Right? Because there is yeah. another Christ being preached today. Yeah. But we also know that the true Jesus Christ is being proclaimed. And that's what the people have to do uh and I, again i challenge them go and hear the first podcast it's about 13 now um but hey you, everybody's under self-quarantine you have enough time to do it and uh and, and hopefully you know it'll bring you to that place where you you the question is posed to you who do you say that christ is forget about your favorite preacher because you know it, it, it's time now where god is, is is speaking to every person individually Individual. Right, and he's asking he's asking the question to each individual, who do you say that I am? That's Amen. good. Amen. Brother Jeremy? Anybody else? Amen. You know, it comes down to uh, the words that Jesus repeated, right? Words from that we heard from Moses said that man shall not live by bread alone. By every word that comes out of the mouth of God, that proceeded out of the yes. mouth of God. Yeah. And and and, and this is where we're heading, uh, you know, uh, this is where we're heading because we we find ourselves right now, this is now March 31st, 2020, all the churches are closed and the ones that are not closing, <laughs> they're coming after you. And what we're seeing is that two churches are going to emerge from this, two types of church. One is the Lazarus Mary Martha church that has a message, Jesus is coming. And one that will now have to connect itself with this Roman spirit, right, that is moving. So all of these things are happening right now. All of these things are developing. Right now, it's almost as a time that God has given us to reflect, to analyze ourselves. You that are listening, to analyze what you're listening to, to analyze how you are understanding what God is saying in this hour. Because It'll come to that point where you're going to have to make a decision. After all of this, the dust settles. Are you going to continue to follow these preachers? Are you going to continue to follow these ministries? Or are you going to be part of that Lazarus, Martha, Mary, remnant church that is awaiting the coming of the Lord? 
I pray that you have been blessed. I pray that you have been blessed uh, in this hour and, and, and continue. Maybe, uh, you know, instead of binge watching our movies, maybe you can binge hear these podcasts. <laughs> and, 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 and be blessed and share it with others. I'm excited about what God has, and uh, we're looking forward to be with you tomorrow, Lord willing. And let us keep our eyes always looking up. God bless you.